Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and business manager, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is sports editor Bryce Totes, photo lead photographer Aston Parker III, and staff writer Kevin Garcia. Hey, guys, how's it been going? Been a busy few weeks here, um, especially hey. not, not just at FAU, but with sports in general. So it's pretty interesting to see everything wrapping up. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's a great time of year for, uh, for I guess, for the major sports, man. You know, baseball starting, basketball playoffs are here. It's not, not, not a bad time, you know, for FAU. Well, well, you know, we'll get into that. Yeah. It's a good for it's a good form of chaos. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, this week was pretty eventful, especially for FEU football, who, who which completed its whole month of spring training and held the, its annual spring game on Saturday. Uh, they had two teams play one. You got two teams from all of FEU played against each other. The red team led by defensive line coach Kevin Patrick, and against the white team led by defensive coordinator Todd Orlando. The red team did win 15-13 as we had highlights from Nikosi Perry and Michael Johnson Jr., both quarterbacks, uh, retro freshman Marvin Scott III, and plenty of offensive highlights, and it pretty much leaves a lot of potential to be seen heading into the 2022 season happening in fall. So, guys, uh, what do you think of how FU football has progressed throughout the spring training? What I noticed most from spring football was defense was definitely a priority and dominated um, watching the practices that were open. I mean, don't get me wrong. The offense was improving, but the defense seemed to have what they needed in locked in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Evan Anderson looks leaner, meaner, and still bigger. Um, which should help on the defensive line a lot. Um, Jalen Joyner looks like he's become a little more proficient um, in, you know, just getting by those linemen and getting to the quarterback. Um, yeah, Bryce, I, I'm with you. The, the defense, I feel like definitely, if you had to pick a winner, they definitely won the spring because um, while the defense, I think, made some definite jumps, you, you can say the offense as well made some, but, it's definitely not to the same extent as the defense. Um, but Kosi still looks pretty good. I think there's still some question marks, though, offensively in terms of, for me, the, the, the hands of the receivers. I mean, drops were still a problem both in practice and the spring game. So. I agree. <laughs> the, uh, the drops, they were, yeah. But the, the receiver, I mean, there is a priority on the receiving core, but I think overall the highlight, like you guys said, is the defense – defense is going to be a focus and that was really a big takeaway from last season was that defense needed to improve and you know the coaching staff and everybody knows it yeah um well the defense I would say was a little better than the offense because at least there was some consistency on the defensive end it was just the offense they needed a lot of work to to really help help the team as a whole and while it's good to see that there haven't been improvements made on the offensive end for the football squad uh, you know, still a lot of work to go on, especially heading into the fall when the 2022 season kicks in and just got to hope for the best. And moving on from FU football, we have FU baseball. After getting embarrassed by UCF on March 29, a 13-1 defeat, 
They FEU got some payback on April 5th on Tuesday, getting a 5-3 victory, including a, a two-run homer from Nolan Shangwell, who has been having a spectacular offensive season. And then heading into the week, heading this pad heading into this past weekend, taking on UAB. While they did lose a series, uh, losing two out of three, they did end the series with a solid offensive performance, a 13-6 victory. So, guys, what have you seen from the baseball squad that has you leaving more to be seen? Well, I think an opportunity for one is what I noticed, at least being at the game on Saturday, was that manufacturing runs can be an issue for this team at times. You know, it seems like if Nolan Samuel or or Gabriel Rinconis Jr. are not having a, a big game from a power perspective, it's tough for this team to score. You know, and just manufacturing hits, getting base runners. It seems like there's an opportunity there. Um, but I mean, that that was really one thing I noticed. The game on Saturday, especially, it, it was it's closer than the box score would tell you. There was one point where the bullpen, I forgot who it was, got out of the bases loaded jam and really saved the game. That game could have been just blown wide open by UAB. But I mean, there's yeah, there's opportunities all across the board for sure. But I mean, Gabriel Kunis Jr., he was CUSA Offensive Player of the Week. Big honor. You know, you love to see it. I will say with the baseball team, um, there's been a lot of inconsistencies with the bullpen more than anything. Um, the bullpen is still the struggle. Like I was talking to head coach John McCormick, though, he told me, you know, you see these guys who want to be the starters coming out of high school and the power five conferences get the first picks. Then you get, you know, the rest of the group of five schools that want to be the starter there. And you're left with not too many people that want to be a reliever there. So you're struggling there. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they're not playing small ball. Um, I've noticed they just want to have the hard hits hit the home runs instead of playing the base bases hits. I mean, they've had men on first and third, one out, and couldn't get somebody in because they're just trying to jam it all the way home. Yeah, Bryce, I'm with you. The The bullpen um, is a bit of a concerning thing. I I will say, though, the starters, I mean, Hunter Cooley's continued to be really effective on the mound. Um, I know he got a loss the other day against UAB, but, you know, in eight innings pitched, he only allowed three runs, and and all three of those runs were in the first inning. So, um, also, that goes back to, Kevin, what you said in manufacturing runs. They've been kind of struggling to do that here and there. Um, But, like y'all have mentioned, thankfully, Nolan – um, and Gabriel Rinconis, as well as I'd say Armando Albert have been probably the most consistent players um, in on both ends for FAU this season so far. And if one of those guys are off, especially if all three are off, it's like the whole team is off. I will say it feels like the team has been off without Mitchell Hardigan this season on the offense. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's, it's been pretty weird seeing not seeing Mitch Hardigan on on the field out out in the field and helping the helping the offense get get a lot of hits and uh, homers. Uh, it's been pretty weird not seeing him at all uh, this season. But as you say, hopefully the bullpen comes through because as of this recording, it's on a Tuesday, which means on April 12th, they are taking on the Miami Hurricanes, who is currently ranked second in the country. So the last time we took took them on was on March 23rd on Wednesday. 
and the FE lost to them 7-1. So, and this time it will be on the road in Coral Gables. And Esten, I know you have a lot to look forward to in this game because you'll be covering it, but what are you thinking heading into this matchup? I'm hoping that it's time for an upset. Um, no, that, that'd be great. Um, I can't believe I just did that, but seriously though, um, you know, I'm not sure who they're going to start tonight. If it's, I think if it's Hunter Cooley, I think they have a seriously realistic shot of, um, pulling off the upset, but again, the last time they went down to UM, well, actually both times we played in the season, it hasn't exactly been, um, the best games for us haven't looked that good. Um, but who knows? You know, um, I think even though they lost the one game against UAB, we saw in the last two games against them, they looked really good offensively. And um, again, going back to that first game of the series, Coley pitched a really good game. The offense just didn't show up. So if the, if the bats are on tonight, I think we got a shot. I, I'd love, I'd love to see it. Not just because I'm going there, but it would be really cool if we could again show that, you know, FU baseball can compete with the top baseball schools in the country. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bryce, um, you want to say something? Yeah, heading into tonight, I mean, if you look at the last score, the score doesn't tell the whole story of when Miami came to Boca Raton. Um, the bullpen kind of blew that game up. It was 1-1 through 6. Uh, tonight, Hayden Compton has the mound for FAU, so we'll see how he does on the mound. It might be a bullpen game for them, though. <laughs> well, hopefully FU pulls off the upset in Coral Gables because we have that the team does have experience in beating Miami before, especially last season, uh, beating them in the series season finale. So hopefully that comes back to play. And after the Miami game, they will take on Western Kentucky for a three-game home series from Thursday to Saturday. So hoping for the best and go Owls. And that will conclude our section with FU Sports. Heading into the national sports. We're going into the NBA. After 82 games of what was an exciting season, very competitive throughout the standings, we saw the teams who balled out get the top spots like the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Miami Heat, and the Boston Celtics. And we saw the teams who had expectations going into the season but couldn't make it through, (laughs) the Los Angeles Lakers and the New York Knicks. I'm sorry. Of Of course. You had to mention the Knicks, bro. We're trying to talk about good things here, man. It's, it's playoff season. You just had to mention the Knicks. I'm sorry, but <laughs> the Knicks added so much in the offseason only to finish as the 11th, 11th spot in the East, not even the play-in. So, and yeah, don't remind me. Lakers finished 11. But, hey, Obi Toppin dropped 42 in the season finale against Toronto, so you had that to be happy about. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm throwing a party. You guys are all invited when Julius Randle gets traded, so we're going to celebrate that. <laughs> but, yeah, as we look at the playoff bracket, well, we're going to start – we're going to look at the planes first. Uh, look, going with the Western Conference, we have the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who made a lot of surprises, surprising improvements this season against the Los Angeles Clippers, who just got Paul George back a few games ago and is set to potentially pull off an upset if all goes well for them. So what do you think for this matchup in particular? Listen, I'm not saying Paul George is the key to this matchup, but 
I think the Clippers have this one. I don't think Minnesota's ready yet. See, I, uh, I don't know. I think Minnesota's been looking good. And I, know, and I know Paul George just came back, and I really want to push the playoff P jokes. because <laughs> It's just a pastime of mine to be clowning on Paul George, but I'm not going to do that right now at least. We're here. Gonna, I was thinking the I, same thing. I'm I'm gonna wait for him to shoot like five of twelve or five of fourteen after a loss, and then it'll be my time to do that. Which <laughs> I'm gonna say is probably gonna be when they play each other. So, well, you know, the game against the Wolves. So, I'm gonna go with the Wolves on this one, um, because, well, I don't know. I don't have I don't have confidence in the Clippers until I'm not gonna have confidence in them until I'm proven wrong. So. Yeah, I, I got to go Clippers. I mean, not Clippers. I'm sorry. I got to go Timberwolves, too. I, I, I think Paul George, this could be one of those games where Paul George lights up the stat sheet with, you know, 0 of 6 from 3 and, you know, 3 of 19 from the field. It, it could be one of those games. You know, Kawhi Leonard's not there. But I could also see Paul George come out and have, like, and shoot, like, 5 of 8 from 3 and score 35 points. Like, it could really could go either way. I think Minnesota is a safer bet from that standpoint, though, just, like, Carl Anthony Towns has been phenomenal this year and people aren't talking about it because he hasn't lived up to expectations largely throughout his career. But I think this could be a coming out party for Minnesota and how will they fare against, you know, Memphis if they do win this game? I don't know. That's also part of it too. They like, they're going to be motivated. They don't want to play Phoenix, I would assume. So got to watch out for that too. Yeah. Minnesota's had a, a great season, especially from Carl Anthony Towns who, who really showed up, uh, especially on the perimeter. He's been making a lot of threes. It's probably a career high for him from downtown. So hopefully that comes through for him against uh, the Clippers and hopefully the Memphis Grizzlies, which I do think would be expected first round matchup between the second and seventh seed. And well, we'll see what happens from there, depending on if Paul George really comes to or just has a game where he has a three-pointer hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> And looking at the, the next uh, Western Conference play-in matchup is the New Orleans Pelicans against the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, San Antonio refuses to go away from us. They are still, while their record shows otherwise, they are still pretty solid, especially Greg Popovich, who is number one all-time in wins as a head coach, which is very incredible. And, and looking at the Pelicans, who have C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, as a tag team duo, and they still don't know if Zion is actually playing or not. So what do you think will happen in this matchup? I think this is like, I think this is a pick em. I think either team could win. I wouldn't be surprised either way, honestly. Um, I mean, the real question would be, can one of these teams actually beat the Timberwolves or the Clippers? I think that's really the question at hand. And I, I don't really see that happening. I mean, that would be ridiculous, bro. If like the Spurs, they won what thirty-four games and they make the playoffs over like the Timberwolves, for example, who won damn near fifty games. Like that would just be it'd be criminal. But that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Kevin. I don't really have too much confidence in either of these teams. Um, but as far as my pick for this game, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Spurs simply because of Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich's co- coaching availability, coaching abilities. Sorry about that. Um, okay. I, I think, you know, that 
New Orleans just has too much drama within the organization and can't really figure out what's going on. I think San Antonio is a pretty level-headed team, even though they're not with the best record. Greg Pop, Greg Popovich knows the playoffs. So. Yeah, I'm. I, y'all basically said what I was going to say, especially with Popovich and his playoff, um, his playoff experience. I think they'll get past New Orleans, but again. I don't think they get past the Clippers or the Wolves, depending on who wins that game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, hey, at least I could say they kind of made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they can definitely say that. And San Antonio will always be a tricky matchup because of the stature that is Greg Popovich, of how he coaches the Spurs. I don't think they have enough talent to actually beat the Clippers or T or the T-Wolves should they beat the Pelicans for that nine and 10 play-in and heading into the Eastern conference play-ins. First up, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Brooklyn Nets. Cleveland did so well to start the season and then started falling in the standings because once Jared Allen went out with the injury, with his injury, their defense did slip and they're stuck at the eighth seed while Brooklyn after having a wishy-washy season for a majority for a majority of that time, they started picking it back up, had a little winning streak here and there, and now took the seventh spot. So what do you think will happen for the seven and eight plan between these two team two teams? I'm taking Brooklyn in this one. Um I, I, I think you nailed it with the loss of Jared Allen for the Cavs. Um it's gonna make it I think the Nets are going to beat them inside. Um, they're going to be able to space the floor really well is, you know, they're extremely good at doing. Um, and I think they're just going to be able to overwhelm the Cavs. So, um, and no disrespect to the Cavs. I, I think that they surprised most people, uh, most fans of the league with the season they had. Um, it's just not their season this year. I, I think they'll come back next season and be stronger. And if they're healthier, they can, they can be a real threat next year, but this is it's a, it's a learning moment. They might, or who knows, maybe they'll be the Knicks. They'll be like the Knicks next year. Sorry, Kevin. Man, you guys just love doing that to me, bro. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I think as far as this game goes, um, yeah, I, I think the Cavaliers are probably, I, I think they're likely to miss the playoffs entirely. I, I think they'll lose to either the Hawks or the Hornets. I don't see them beating the Nets tonight. They just don't have enough firepower, you know. Like that's really what it comes down to. Without Jared Allen and um, <clears throat> oh, who's the other guy? I can't remember his name right now. Colin but Sexton, right? Sexton, yes. Without Sexton and Jared Allen, I just don't think they have enough firepower to keep up with KD and Kyrie. It's just, it's, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, I see Brooklyn as a heavy favorite for this matchup and the likely matchup for them against the Celtics, which I will be <laughs> heavily keeping an eye on and hoping uh, it's awesome because. Boston has had a great season after a rusty start for the first half and then dominating the second half of the season, especially entering in the new year. And as you mentioned, Kevin, the 9-10 and 10 playing spot for the East is the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. Got a pretty fun matchup, LaMelo Ball against Trey Young. Uh, so it, this is pretty much a heavy wild card. Either team could win this depending on who is hot or who, who goes cold. But what do you think will happen in, in that game? 
Richard, you nailed it. It depends on who's hot and cold, but I'm going to take Trey Young and the Hawks in this game. Um, I think the Hawks are more talented than Lamella Law and Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I also think it'll be a really good matchup to see the Hawks and the Nets. That and, you know, the Hawks do have the experience from last season, surprising everyone by making a run in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think that they have, assuming that they win this initial game, I think they can make it a really good game with the Nets. I think a Hawks and Nets game is a big toss-up if it happens, but we'll see. I was waiting for the the Knicks joke, Eston, when he talked about the Hawks uh, going on a run last season. Um, no, I mean, yeah, you got, I, I think I agree with you guys. I think the Hawks are going to take it, but I, I think it's going to be a pretty close game though. I mean, th- these teams are both evenly matched. You know, the Hawks don't have John Collins. The Hornets don't have Gordon Hayward. So there's two key, pe- uh, key pieces missing. That's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Hawks have the experience, you know, they, they went into the garden and we know what they did in the garden and they've been there, done that. If they can do it in New York, they can, they can easily win a playoff game in Atlanta against Charlotte. <laughs> Well, even though they aren't completely healthy, as you mentioned, not having John Collins or Gordon Hayward on either team, they still have highlight reels that would make this matchup very entertaining, especially with Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, uh, Terry Rozier, a.k.a. Scary Terry, and on Atlanta, always Trey Young, always something to watch for, especially popping in threes from the logo. <laughs> always got to keep an eye out on that. But yeah, those plans would be very good to see especially from the Eastern Conference side of things. And as you look at the actual matchups that we do know about, um, for the East, going starting with the East and going back to the West, um, for the East, we have the three and six spots, um, the Milwaukee Bucks against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I know what we might be thinking about this matchup. It could be like a, a sweep or a gentleman sweep, four or five games, but I really lean towards Milwaukee for this one. What do you guys think? Oh, hands down. Milwaukee has this series at hand. Um, Chicago may surprise people and win a game or two, but they're not going to get past the power that Milwaukee is. Yeah, I don't I don't really even see Chicago. They might win one game, but I, I think it's going to be a sweep. That would be my prediction. Chicago is like they, they've been – they're the worst good team in the league. They, they're like – I don't even think they won a game against teams that have a better record than them in, in the regular season. So, I, I I don't know. I don't see it. Maybe there's one that one game in Chicago – where DeMar DeRozan has like 45 points and is a buzzer beater. But I think the Bucs will take care of them pretty handily. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I think the Bucs are going to buck them up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. This, a nice sweep. I, personally, I think this series goes five games. I really do want to see Chicago get at least a game because they do have a talented core all around with Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and of course DeMar DeRozan. And while they don't have Lonzo Ball, they do have Alex Caruso, who, who is pretty brilliant as a defensive hustler and just a, a great playmaker all around. So hoping for the best with Chicago, wish them the best of luck, but I don't think they get through the first, get past first round. It's pretty much going to be their end of their season for them, most likely. And for the other official matchup, we have the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Personally, I think this matchup is a heavy wild card because I don't know what's going to happen with this matchup because Toronto does have players who have a lot of experience in the playoffs with Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, and up-and-coming players like Scotty Barnes. And 
it's just, and then you look at Philly with the duo of Joel Embiid, who has had a brilliant MVP campaign, and James Harden, who, while he hasn't been terrible, he has been pretty suspect with the shooting efficiency, and that's going to be a big question mark heading into this playoff matchup. So what do you think would happen in this series? I have this series going seven games. Um, I have it really tight, but I do think that Toronto will prevail. Um, Toronto, I think, is a really good team up and coming. Um, I, I just don't know if Philadelphia is stable enough to win a series, especially lasting seven games, as this one probably will. Yeah, I, I... I'm with you, Bryce. Um, I think that Toronto is going to gonna get by in seven. Um, and, you know, for I hate to Joel, it's it's really – I think it's going to be really unfortunate because he's been playing lights out this season, really dominant. Um, and I don't know. I just don't see him getting by. Um, and also I think my, my claim that Doc Rivers is the most overrated coach in NBA history will continue to be proven. Um, because, well, he's not making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, so. I don't know. I mean, is he more overrated than Tom Thibodeau, though? Like, is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know, man. But uh, but for this uh, for this series, like, hypothetically, you guys already covered everything spectacularly. And hypothetically, if Philly does lose in the first round, will James Harden be on a, a different team next season? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, what would happen if they lose to the first round? Like, will Joel Embiid demand a trade? Like, I don't know. That that's going to get kind of crazy if they lose to the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. This this series is a heavy wild card, and I definitely see see it going seven games. I just really don't know who will make out make it out of this round. Like, it's either the Sixers, Sixers, or the Raptors, and it it really just depends on how James Harden plays. Because if he is shooting lights out, I I think the series goes to the Sixers, but if he's not and the Raptors make it a lot very interesting, I think the Raptors can't pull it off. So we'll just see what happens from there and hope for, hope for a great series overall. And going into the Western Conference, we have the third and sixth seed, the Golden State Warriors against the Denver Nuggets. While Curry is questionable to actually start the first round series, because he's still recovering from an injury from a couple of games ago. They do have Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green on standby. So, And, of course, Jordan Poole, who is pretty much making a case to be the most approved player of the year. And they do have a good, pretty good depth compared to last season. And they're up against Nikola Jokic, who is trying to get a second consecutive MVP award this season after the way he played last year. So what do you think goes, will go down for this matchup? Denver's talented, but Golden State's even more talented. Golden State takes it in six. Okay, I, I could I could see it. I don't know. I think this could go either way, honestly. Um, I, I think if, if Steph Curry plays and he plays the whole series and he's Steph Curry of old, I think they, the, the Warriors will have no problem getting past the Nuggets. But who knows what's going to happen with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Are they going to make like some WWE-like return and just like show up in, the, in like game three? Or something like that. Like, who knows? If they get a healthy Jamal Murray back and or, or Michael Porter Jr. or both, it could be interesting. But the Nuggets, as they are right now, just a one-man band with Jokic going up against that that juggernaut of Curry and Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, all those guys. I, 
I don't think they have enough firepower to compete with the Warriors. It'll be a fun series, um, but I got to go with the Warriors in six. Yeah, I got to agree with that. The Warriors are overall better than Nuggets, and of course the Nuggets still don't have my, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., but even if they do get those two back in the series, I just don't think they'll be 100% to what they were a couple, uh, uh, at the very least last season or two seasons ago, especially with Jamal Murray, who was who had a terrible injury at the time. and Just hoping, hoping the best that he recovers completely, but I don't think they'll have those two in time for the Nuggets to really make a run against the Warriors in, the, in this series. And I do think the Warriors pulled off in six. And for the last official matchup, we have the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. I know that Dallas did have a little scary uh, uh, incident with Luka Doncic having a calf strain, though it won't be too severe. So hopefully they get him at 100% against the Jazz. And I do think that Dallas pulls this series off in probably six games. And for Utah, they were the first seed in the West last year, and they fell back to fifth. So they definitely fell back down to earth this season. And they do have – they are very prone to blowing big leads, as we've seen in some of the final – some of their final games this season. So what do you think for this matchup will pretty much be the result? I hope Dallas wins in five. Free Donovan Mitchell. Get him out of Utah. Get him away from Rudy Gobert. Get him on a, on a team where he could succeed. All right, free Donovan Mitchell, bro. That's all I'm going to say. For me personally, honestly, I think it revolves around Luka Doncic. I hate saying that one series revolves around one player, but Dallas relies on him so much that if he's not 100% healthy and he's not playing to his full potential, I don't know, it may go a little longer than five games, and I think Dallas will still win, but it'll be a struggle if he's not where he needs to be. But if Luka's there 100%, It'll be a five-game win for Dallas. Dallas all the way. It's a tough time to be a Jazz fan because, you know, it's not that they're not talented. They have extremely talented players. Um, they just don't work well as a duo. And um, Kevin, yeah, free Donovan. Yep. Um, need to see it happen. Um, and after this season – think the jazz might be in the same spot as um or a similar spot as philly where it's like where do they go from here so it seems like there could be a bidding war between our teams for donovan mitchell's services if he becomes available so that 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 would be uh like i see how that plays out will they actually pull it off though right that's the, that's the thing yeah i mean I, I think i like miami's chances if if it were to come down between a, a bidding war between the knicks and the heat just you know the culture baby but yeah for this series i do go dallas and six i don't think utah is not the same team as they were last season but even last season they they're only their best was a second round exit so so for this season i really think it's a first round out this time uh, which is like the third straight third first round exit in four seasons which is very tough for them so it's pretty much going to be business per usual with the jazz and Luka Doncic will finally get out of the first round, hopefully. And, but for, for my, in, in my eyes, I think it's Dallas and six. And with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. 
Also be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Rich26Pereira, for Aston, at Aston Parker, for Bryce, at Bryce Totes, and Kevin, at KevinGar658. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great day.